0: Hello and welcome. You're watching Watch It Baptist Church online. My name is Mike and you're here for part seven of our series on discipleship. We're in Romans 8 and we're going to start by praying and then we're going to read that passage, uh, which is verses 9 to 17. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you gave us uh, all this scripture, the Bible, uh, as a revelation of who you are and of how you think your world and your people works best, what your design is and what your character is like too. Would you help us to sink our teeth deeply into that revelation, into that expression uh, of your story? Would you help us sink our teeth deeply into an understanding of who you are, what you're about and what your intention is for us and this world that you have placed us in? And would you help us sink our teeth also into a commitment to being transformed, that we might become more and more like you as we come to know you better and walk more closely with you. Amen. Okay, so let's read from Romans 8 then. We're reading verses 9 to 17. I'm reading from the NIV, and this is what it says. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So, discipleship, there is so much that can be said on this subject. And there is so much that over the course of this series so far We've not covered there is more to the challenge of being and making disciples than we have ever been able to cover uh, in the various ways that we've looked at it uh, in this series and in previous months and years too but uh, with us heading in towards the home straight at this point i want to thank you for walking with me so far and ask you to keep walking as we continue this is our seventh Look at discipleship. That doesn't mean it's any less important than the previous six. There is no hierarchy to the order in which we've looked at this. So this is where we've got to so far. Discipleship is like a pair of boots for going, for setting out, walking with Jesus. Discipleship is like clothing. So we put on clothes much as we deliberately choose to uh, engage in our discipleship. It doesn't happen to us we bring something to it and that something is heart and soul and strength of mind. Discipleship is like carrying a map and that map that tells us how to travel is a map of Christ-likeness so if we are like Christ then we travel well. Discipleship is like carrying a rucksack and that rucksack is togetherness. We take each other's skills and experience and tenderness and encouragement on our pilgrimage. Discipleship is like using binoculars and a camera they are tools for clear vision they are um, part of uh, good worship because it gives us a clear way of focusing on God's presence in our present situation and discipleship is like carrying ropes and flares as we help each other to keep going on this journey as we not only are disciples but make disciples too as a community united by our trust in Jesus and a shared commitment So today's part is part seven, and it's the hand that we hold. Being roped together is crucial. Seeking to be Christ-like is vital. Being willing to make the journey is essential. Focusing on God in our worship is indispensable. But none of these things are the same as having someone hold your hand. I once climbed uh, the most exciting but also most scary mountain that I've ever been on. It's called Kribgoch and it's in North Wales in Snowdonia. I went with Jenny, my wife, and she has said that she would not go up again without a guide. And she's also, so far, not let me take our children. Our seventh look at discipleship is about who that guide is in our, in our pilgrimage, in our journey, and sometimes in our clambering of life, and how we allow ourselves to be guided In our reading, Paul makes some important points. If we're going to be people who belong to Jesus, if we're going to be his apprentices, his disciples, then we need to accept that the Holy Spirit is a part of who we are. It is the Spirit who gives us life and reminds us that we are God's children. It's the Spirit who makes it possible for us to be disciples at all. We're talking about the Spirit of God also called the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of Jesus or the Spirit of Christ. This Holy Spirit is given to us following Jesus' promise in John's Gospel to send a helper, to send someone to be as he was to the disciples. Let me take a moment to explain. In John 14 15 to 17 Jesus says God will send another advocate, another you can't have unless there was one in the first place. And that first advocate that Jesus refers to is himself, it was Jesus. In these verses, Jesus tells us that the spirit of truth will be with disciples as he was, in those John gospel verses. Now, why do we need that? Well, in Romans 8, Paul explains the life God offers us, the life Jesus died to make possible for us, is a life given by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God every bit as much as Jesus is and every bit as much as the Father is too. And for us to be everything that we might be as disciples, for us to live the way that Jesus asked us to live, we need help. We need something within us that brings the life of Jesus into who we are. So we need the Holy Spirit for us to be disciples we need to have him holding our hand. So we need to ask the Holy Spirit to be part of day-to-day life. The Holy Spirit's presence in our lives is key to being disciples. It's a bit a bit like being married. We could say that we know we're married because we have a certificate that says so, or we know we're married by the trust and intimacy and companionship of that marriage it's like that with being a disciple do we know we're a disciple because of a decision that we've made or some sense that we've got that key pass or ticket into heaven or do we know we're a disciple because we recognize the presence of jesus in us by his spirit another way to understand it is like this there are situations when you need to put something into something else in order for it to really be really alive and and um dynamic and and exciting and interesting. At home, we have a little um, motorised dog, puppy dog, that yaps and yaps and then flips over. Most of the time, the toy is static and relatively boring. But if you put batteries in it, everything changes. It starts making a noise and then making more noise. And then suddenly, quite often in a way that makes you jump, it flips itself in the air and lands again. It might say something similar about soft toys without stuffing or even possibly about sponge cake without buttercream. Applying this to the Holy Spirit and us is a bit more important than cakes with buttercream in. When Tony Stark in the Marvel films built his first Iron Man, it worked by putting life inside. The suit itself may have been able to do interesting things, but that first suit and many of the ones that followed it took their life from having a person inside. I wouldn't want to overdo that metaphor. It does, like most, have limitations. But we might say that for a disciple to have life um, in Christ, they need to have the Holy Spirit in them. They need the life of God within them. Paul is saying in, in these verses in Romans 8 that it is by having the Spirit in us that we have life. And it is by having the Spirit within us that we can be disciples, followers, students and apprentices to Jesus. The Spirit of God is creative. He's there in Genesis 1 at creation. He's there also with Mary as she conceives Jesus. Jesus talks about being um, born again in John 3 uh, as being something that the Spirit is involved in. A new life, in Jesus our discipleship life depends on the creative power of God through the Holy Spirit so to be disciples of Jesus is to have the Holy Spirit to be on the journey as a disciple is to walk with the Holy Spirit he is the guide he holds our hand and walks us through there is no mountain too high and no terrain that's too rocky he's not phased or thrown by wrong um uh, wrong piles or unexpected um, breaks in the road surface, or anything like that. No, no deep lying snow or high ridge, as Jenny and I found on goch None of those things put him off or reduce his power. Everything we are called to be as disciples involves the Spirit. The characteristics we should possess come from the Spirit. Do you want to know what it is to have a genuinely life-changing and um meaningful love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control do you want those things in you in a way that has such a positive impact on the people around you that they see that you're different because of those things those things come about not by wishful thinking or by gritting your teeth but by the spirit being in you they are fruits of the spirit To be effective as a disciple, to be effective as somebody who follows and obeys and serves Jesus, is to accept and welcome the Holy Spirit as a reality in all that you are. There is absolutely nothing that can do that instead. There are no substitutions. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can do the things the Spirit does. So we need the Holy Spirit to be our disciples. We need to have... Him holding our hand. So we need to ask the Holy Spirit to be in our day-to-day lives. There's an opportunity uh, at this point to have a look at a quote by C.H. Spurgeon. I'm just going to pop it up on the screen now. It's amazing, isn't it? And it rings so true the opportunity is there for us to invite and welcome the Holy Spirit. But be warned, being a Romans 8 style disciple might surprise you. Being a disciple who knows and accepts the Spirit isn't a recipe for a straightforward life. Knowing and accepting the Spirit as a reality isn't a guarantee of success or a formula for influence or a shortcut to authority. The spirit doesn't come and live within us in order to fix all the problems that we are aware of in our own lives and the spirit doesn't give us moral high ground or answer all our questions he comes to help us become more like jesus that is after all god's intention for us as followers and apprentices of jesus he is looking for us to become more like jesus and And in a way, why on earth wouldn't he? Because Jesus is the fulfilment of what humanity is supposed to be. When God designed humanity, it was supposed to be like Jesus. So, of course, God who loves us wants us to be like Jesus so that we can be the fulfilled version of humanity that he had in mind in creation. It's interesting to look at the attitudes Jesus talks about at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew five to seven. It's a, it's a guide to discipleship life, those passages, and it's worth seeing those attitudes alongside the fruits of the Spirit as we think about what it means to be a, a, a Spirit-infused disciple. The ones who will be favoured, says Jesus, are the ones who know they desperately need God, those who mourn, uh, the, the meek, the humble and content, the ones who are hungry for God, the, the ones who show mercy uh, and who are pure in heart, the ones who work at bringing peace and the ones who suffer because they stick to living God's way. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, being kind, good, gentle, faithful and self-controlled. Put it all together and you get a sense of the Spirit's priorities. Jesus doesn't say, Blessed are the ones who know they're right. 1 Peter tells us, even spiritual leaders are not to lord it over others. A life as disciples means lots of stopping and listening, lots of patience and understanding, lots of having your certainties challenged, lots of exploring the Bible with others not for them or at them and lots of learning how to disagree in a way that means that you stay at peace living with the spirit and unity in the spirit does seem pretty important paul writes this in galatians 5 16 so i say walk by the spirit i know paul didn't have access to our fully kitted out disciple that we've been um sort of kitting out uh, in these last few sessions but the comment still works for us um, the fruit of the spirit this is Paul going on in Galatians 5 the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control and then in verse 25 again of Galatians 5 since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit we need the Holy Spirit to be disciples we need to have the holy spirit holding our hands so we need to ask the holy spirit to be part of our day-to-day lives he won't impose himself on us we need to request his presence and then allow it to be a reality allow him to occupy the us-ness of who we are being a disciple who walks hand in hand with the spirit is amazing but it is also demanding jesus Who explains how to be a disciple tells us to make disciples and sends the Spirit to live in us. So, Jesus tells us to be pure in heart and shows us what it means to be with those who are not pure in heart. He tells us to pursue righteousness and shows us what it means to give ourselves to the unrighteous. Jesus tells us to demonstrate mercy to others and shows us what it means to live and eat and walk alongside those who do not deserve it. He tells us all to be heavenly minded and to go and be good, all good on the earth. Being a disciple, walking hand in hand with the spirit, living with the spirit within you, isn't about feeling safe, but about knowing you are secure. Perhaps we might find it easier to have confidence in that security when we are with others who are also seeking to involve the Holy Spirit in their lives. In many ways, some ways, or in a way, having the Spirit in you is like a blindfold ride on a roller coaster. It's not like a pleasant soul stroll on a summer day by a river. That said, it's important that we always keep in mind that Psalm 23 reminds us that that having God in our lives means that we have a shepherd who takes us to still waters and feeds us with good pasture. We're not called to um, go without good things. God is the Father who loves to give us good things. But we're also called in a way that means that we need this Holy Spirit because There's plenty enough that's challenging about the life of following Jesus. Let's think back over what we've said about being a disciple so far. It's a journey that follows a decision to live a certain way, not just to think certain things. Living that way isn't possible without the Holy Spirit. And we're better off not setting out to be a disciple unless we walk hand in hand with the Spirit. We are called to love God with everything that we are, giving him our identity, our desires, our imagination and our reasoning. Without the help of the Spirit, we we cannot get anywhere near being that. We're called to be more Christ-like. God's intention is that we become more and more like Jesus. We cannot be anything like Jesus without the Spirit. As disciples, we take With us, each other's experience and skills and gentleness and challenge. To make our journey through life, our pilgrimage, we need each other. Our togetherness is essential, but it's also defined by our unity that comes through the spirit. Our worship keeps our focus on God through what he has done and through reminders of our certain future. And the spirit guides us and helps us in worship and focus on our almighty God. As disciples, we are called to make disciples, to walk with those who know Jesus and encourage them, to walk with those who are getting to find out about Jesus and encourage them to to disciple those who don't know Jesus at all yet. It is the spirit that is at work in the life of everyone who is a disciple or might become a disciple. So anything we do to make disciples needs the Holy Spirit. So there is no journey to make without that Spirit. There's no being a disciple without that Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to be disciples. We need to have him holding our hand. So we need to ask the Spirit to be part of our day-to-day lives. So let's ask him right now. Holy Spirit of God, you are creative, dynamic, exciting, and empowering. We remember that Jesus' ministry was absolutely kick-started and sparked and sustained by you, Holy Spirit. We know that the creation itself came through you, Holy Spirit. And we would ask that you be in us, with us and around us. That we would start learning the steps of dancing with you. And that we would encourage each other as disciples to breathe deeply the reality of the spirit in us would you hold our hand we pray amen okay it's normal for us to ask three questions the end of a session so here are today's three questions question one the fruits of the spirit are love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness and self-control have a little think through that list if you haven't got it to hand galatians 5 uh, will provide it for you the thing i want you to do is pick out two or three of that list and say those are the ones I think I need most. It's okay, always okay, to say that you think you're okay doing something or that you have a strength or an ability or whatever. I think lots of Christian teaching has told us that we can never say good things about ourselves um, because there's some kind of some kind of uh, selfishness involved in doing that. I don't think that's the case. I think the reality is that if God's given us strengths and we are too acknowledge them and celebrate them and play to those strengths so if that list of of fruits of the spirit you think well do you know what i i enjoy bringing peace to others i know it's something that i can do that's cool but maybe there were two or three on that list where you think i have no idea where to start with that i really struggle with self-control or um or with being kind the thing to do with that is to then go to the Spirit and say, "These are the places; these are the areas where I need you most." And then, if you're feeling brave, and maybe you're with us as you're watching this, if you're feeling brave to say, "Yeah, I, I think all these things are important and great. I'm not sure that um, that I am have fulfilled them as much in my life as I would like to." These are the areas where I think I would like the Holy Spirit to. To help me grow in some of these areas be honest with those disciples around you and ask them to pray for you too okay so question two is to do with um your relationship with the holy spirit now the advantage we have with jesus is that because Um, he was flesh and blood human being fully God fully man Um, and because he's written about the way he is and you know we hear about him eating and drinking and talking to people um, that's it's easier to imagine what he's like and in some ways because of the way our culture presents God very often as this big bearded chap in the sky um or, you know, something like that, then we tend to then, I don't know about you, but I certainly tend to then think of the father as that kind of figure, or at least something that, that has a sense of um, gravity and wisdom uh, in, in an older man. Holy Spirit, we don't have any of that to draw on. Some people, indeed, um really want to sort of dig around the way that that the New Testament talks about the Holy Spirit which very often given the way the Greek language works has a female pronoun so they want to talk about the Holy Spirit as she or to talk about the way the Holy Spirit dances or or something like that. My point in raising these things is I think it can be really tricky to feel you can communicate with the Holy Spirit or to make that invitation for the Holy Spirit to come into your life. The question is this, Do you find it easy to invite the Holy Spirit into yourself, to who you are? And do you do that regularly? The reason for asking the question is that I think this is a really important thing to do, to approach God and say, I need you and I need you in my life. And we are told, Romans 8 gives us clear indication that the Holy Spirit is the feature of god is a person of god who does that and indeed jesus description from john's gospel about sending another advocate very much describes this so do you invite the holy spirit into your life do you do that regularly and and if you do how can you help others who might struggle with that and if you don't how can you ask for help that you might invite the holy spirit into your life day by day Okay, question three, which is a wide open question. What is there in your life, in the development of your character and your spiritual growth, what is there that you really want the Holy Spirit to help you with? It is simply a question of reflecting on your own journey, seeing your walk of discipleship as something which is ongoing and where there is always somewhere new to travel towards, always a new landmark to find or a milestone to pass. And then turning to the Holy Spirit and saying, this is the thing I need help with. That might be how you pray. And it might be um, the courage to talk to others about Jesus. Uh, It might be um, the discipline to keep returning to the Bible regularly, daily. Or the determination not to let a busy life Crowd out your prayer time, the time spent in conversation with God. Whatever it might be, whatever it is that you want to grow in, I challenge you to ask the Holy Spirit to be part of that. You might go to him with your concerns about who you are and how you are and let him help you and let him challenge you and let him inspire you. That's all our questions for this session. I'll be back next time with session eight. Take care and God bless.